All and right, everybody, like welcome Adam. to <laughs> Beyond the Letter. We got some first timers on, not under whoop, the Beyond whoop. the Letter brand, because we right. got Beyond I Do, but they've been on with their spouses before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But today we have... We've unleashed right. them. Kimberly unleashed. Henderson with us today. <laughs> we have Erica Levy with us today. We have my wife with us today. And then we got Alex and Alizé in the room and Nancy in the room and Andy on the uh, directing. And so I figured, um, figured recently someone who watches all the time, uh, they were like, hey, I love listening beyond the letter. And I love seeing it's a mom. And she's like, I love seeing her son's a young man. And and she said, I love seeing great men at the table talk to like give wisdom to my son, who's like a young adult. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I thought. But I don't want to. I don't want it to just be wisdom for young men. Like I want wisdom for young women also, and, yeah. and women in general. Yeah. So that's what led us to today's episode, where I told Nancy because Nancy produces and coordinates with everybody's schedule. So I was like, "Let's do it." Last night I was like, "Let's do a table with all ladies, and I'll be the one." Dun, the, dun, the, dun, the dun, one. Wow. You know, wow. I'll be the, right. yeah, I don't know what right. that means. What but, is that? Uh-oh. I don't know. Get jumped or something. Well, I said, I said her, their, I thought, their husbands aren't here. The only one that has to stay in line is me. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I figure, well, let's do a table then that is majority female. But obviously, as we know, beyond the letter, we don't like plan anything. But given the fact of your controversy statement, there is someone who said something controversial. So not to get you guys to say gotcha. something controversial, okay. but okay. I'll say this. There, there, there is a traditional argument that exists that says, women in leadership in the church or women uh, that are pastors in the church or whatever whatever they're expressing in terms of leadership, there's this theory behind uh, some denominations of Christianity where they call it the slippery slope theory, which mm. is basically if you start allowing women to lead, then what's next? The slippery slope becomes acceptance uh, into uh, LGBTQ lifestyles in the church, acceptance into, you know, all these other much more liberal theologies and things. You know, they, they'll start uh, saying that God is non-binary. And all, so there's this argument that's like, that's like when women, when, when denominations or leaders start letting women teach or take a lead in church, it's just goodbye. You know, it's, it's going to go so far liberal and that's the start of it. Which I disagree with, because there's mm-hmm. still denominations like Foursquare that's over a hundred years old, that was started by a woman, mm-hmm. and they are still very, very biblically conservative. They, they, I'm on the board of their university. They do not fudge on any of those things. It's been a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So and there's other denominations that exist that haven't gone that way. There are some like Episcopalians and some Methodists that they have gone and fall through the slippery slope method, but. Um, there's this guy who kind of has a TikTok where he kind of criticizes uh, like the weirdness of church. And so he shared uh, a woman, which to me exhibits the slippery slope Mm. theory. Mm -hmm. And not just because she's female, but just in general, whatever her theology is, you can see how she's given herself or the church has given themselves to the slippery slope theory, which is they're so far gone where the Bible has no authority and it's just a, a good book of good you know, moralistic things for your life, but she's even taken it further to say the Bible has failed in a lot of ways as well. And she's a minister. Mm. And so uh, I want to, if, if I gave you enough time, Andy, for me to email it to you and pull it up, you have it? Yep. All right. Andy's going to play it. I just want to okay. know your guys' thoughts on it. Okay? okay. Okay. So. Well, I have a thought just based on what 
people's theories are. Already. Well, yeah, let's right. Yeah, Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, we might uh, have to bleep you out on your right? thoughts. So. <laughs> go, go ahead, Andy. Play it. Get some audio. Oh, we need the audio on that bad boy. He's getting it. Mm. All right. We have you? Oh, okay. Start it over one more time. There we go. Yeah, that's perfect. It's the Lord's Day. I got my Bible. I'm ready to hear the word. My name is Pastor L. Before we get started, I wanted to just name something, too, uh, from the reading from Corinthians. You might have noticed that we didn't read one part out loud, and that's because it's yikes. So um, putting that reading in original context, um, Paul himself uh, was a Jewish man, right? And so there were sort of inter-Jewish conversations and disagreements about the role of Jesus and what that means. Uh, but really, in this letter to the Corinthians, Paul's being kind of a jerk, both about Jewish people and about Just take her off. And even more important than his original intent is the way that verses like that have been used throughout the ages to harm our Jewish siblings. And so we wanted to just sort of name that right out, even before we got started with anything else. <laughs> um, right. To kind of put that before us as something, particularly those of us gathered here who are Christians, the way that we can look at the way our traditions, the way that our scriptures have been used to harm our siblings. And to <laughs> what? I looked so, at my face oh. in the video and I said, fix your face. Okay. Right. <laughs> She was right. She's just so they were reading. I want to know what she said. Yikes! Right. Right. I I want to know which part of the scripture which she left out. Right. Well, a uh, jerk. (laughs) Well, one can only. She don't want to meet him up in heaven. That is for sure. One can only assume it's probably one of the epistles where Paul is uh, reproving or rebuking Mm -hmm. the Jewish community. There could be many, but one in particular could be when. Paul um, criticizes Peter for sitting on one side of the room with only Jews. Mm -hmm. And then he tells him that, you know, he basically went off on everyone because they had the Gentiles on one side of the room eating and Jews in the other. Mm -hmm. Which, when he criticized them, she could be saying, oh yeah, that's like, yikes, because uh, he's promoting, you know, uh, he's promoting harm to the Jewish people by yelling at, you know, uh, uh, Peter and stuff like that. And so... What they did was, what she's saying is, is in their reading for the day, they skipped out a passage of scripture because it'd be offensive mm. or it would lead to offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so she said, we're going to leave that out. Sure. Um, and so some people go look at that, go like, oh, see, even though you could find clips of men doing that same yeah, thing, they yeah. go, oh, see that, that, you know, that's why, that's why women can't be teaching the Bible or anything like that. Cause then you have the, it starts to get like that, right. you know, um, L L Pastor L Pastor E L. I gotta say, she married. No, 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 no. She's not. No, that explains a lot. Yeah. Where do we begin? Right. Yeah. I think th- I think in overall though, like I, if they're basing their opinion off of that as a woman, I would say she's just out. She's she's out of line. Period. She's not even doing anything biblical. She's kind of interpreting the Bible for her own perspective, using her own opinions, her own thoughts, her own everything. And if she has any type of biblical training, it's where she should read the Word of God. Then allow the context because, again, yes, historical is important to understand because you want to understand the the scripture according to the time, but then you make it applicable as of today. But you don't change the word of God simply because it it doesn't apply or how am I trying to say it? 
you don't change the word of God simply because it's yikes or because it's PC. <laughs> That's not what it says. The Bible is literally created to reprove, to instruct, to, yeah. you know, to, to, to reprimand us, to rear us in the right direction that we should go. So in the sense of her just actually just taking the word out of context by putting her own personal opinions or thoughts, it's supposed to shape our thoughts and opinions to be a, a different type of standard. So she's just out of line, yeah. just in general, like mm-hmm. anything that she's saying <laughs> That's not even biblical. That is her own worldly perspective. I would be concerned about who put her in type in into any type of pastoral role. I, I that has nothing to do with her being a woman, though. I think the, yeah, the problem yeah. that I'm, I'm I'm trying to get to that that's a struggle. That if they're basing this is a slippery slope that we can go down because she's a woman. I beg to differ. I think that she herself is a slippery slope, not because of the fact that she's a woman. Mm -hmm. Because there's Mm -hmm. some biblically sound preachers that are women that understand the word of God, Mm -hmm. that are teaching it according to context, that are teaching the historical, you know, hermeneutics, homiletics, all of that. This is just wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, (laughs) like, that's not fair. (laughs) Yeah, and unfortunately, like a lot of these individuals who would we, you know, in, in theology school, we call what she's teaching is liberal theology, mm-hmm. you know, not liberalism, which is po- political things, but liberal theology. And there's all types of different liberal theologies. But unfortunately, a lot of these individuals who they end up joining, they become ministers at certain denominations who mm-hmm. have opened themselves, Episcopalian, stuff like that, who've opened themselves to accepting uh, these type of theologies to be to be preached and taught. And a lot of them are denominations that have existed for many years. So a lot of them have churches, properties mm-hmm. and land and all that kind of stuff like that. And so, you know, they get in there and they become ministers, but a lot of them are educated. A lot of them hold MDivs <laughs> from liberal theology schools, Mm -hmm. which that's unfortunate because they're also very, these individuals are also very smart. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not people who just went to high, got out of high school and then went and got a uh, licensing online and then was like, Oh, I'm going to go be a preacher. Like these are individuals because they have resources, they have church buildings and cameras and all that. They are actually in a divinity school, graduate Mm -hmm. and get given a church within these denominations and uh, they're using er- all of their liberal theology that they've learned, which the model of that is, which is what she's teaching, which is um, essentially it's we traditionally more conservative <laughs> theology is we model our lives after the word of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Liberal theology is the word of God is meant to model itself into our lives. Mm-hmm. How like whatever I choose to do and believe the the Bible and, and it's always under the guise of just justice or what's right and what's wrong, which they can never define what that is. But it's just, I define myself what's right and wrong. And then therefore, I use the passages of Bible to support my argument. And then other passages of Bible that don't, I just say, oh, that was a yikes era. And we're just going to leave that part out. The Bible's still good. But that Paul sentence, we're just like, we call it the Benjamin Franklin model. The Benjamin Franklin was famous for when he didn't like passages in the Bible, he would tear it out of his Bible. He'd like, he'd rip it out physically. <laughs> Those are Benjamin Franklin Christians, you know, who call themselves that, but they just go, oh, I don't like that verse. Let me just, let me just tear that part out. You I know? almost feel though that to, to some degree that, that the issue is that they're trying to be relevant. The mm. word of God isn't relevant in in the sense of what I'm. Right. Let me rephrase. Yeah, it's not relevant to the times in the sense of like it's not for me to fit into the culture. It's 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 whole purpose is to 
in, in how do I say this? I'm trying to say it correctly. I guess I'm trying to uh, PC it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that it's supposed to be offensive. It's mm-hmm. supposed to correct me. It's supposed <laughs> to provoke me to have something that resonates within my spirit that recognizes that this is wrong. My my fleshly nature, my sinful nature, that is contrary to what yep. the word of God is. So what I'm saying is, is that they're trying to be relevant to the culture when that's not what the Bible is even created for. But I don't think the problem is women. I think the problem is that they're trying to be relevant and fit into a culture that says that mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're, you know what I mean? We're yeah. supposed to be in the world, but not of, <laughs> of the world. The- and mm-hmm. they want to be of the world mm-hmm. to whatever their motive is to, to get a platform, to get, I don't know, to get followers, whatever yeah. the case may be. But that's... Yeah. That's what it, that seems wild. Yeah, I, I remember a Beyond the Letter that you episode that you did, or just in conversation, I don't remember what it was, but like you talked about how people will pick and choose verses of the Bible mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. applies for them to make sure. sense for what's going on in their life. Yeah, and right, that's what yeah. that reminds me of. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I don't know if it's specifically because she's a woman. So that whole controversy of like, oh, if we <laughs> allow women into yeah, right. leadership roles, like, wait a minute, like, for one, Deborah yep. was a leader. Was and you know what I mean? Like, yes. So women do have wisdom. And I don't believe that just because you're a woman, are we going to lead the path down a slippery slope? Right. Like, no, if we believe in the word of God, all of it, not just not parts and pieces of it, then it's two different things. You can't pick and choose verses of the Bible to apply to what you're going through currently in life, whether it's a yikes moment, like, yeah. well, that don't apply to me because yeah. like I do it this way. Right. And God knows my heart or whatever people want to say. Um, but no, yeah. like I, I believe she's a female with some odd theological <laughs> right. thinking. <laughs> right. She's a yeah. e- egalitarian. <laughs> what yeah. do they call them? People like, oh, I could do everything. I mean, yeah, I believe yeah, women can yeah, do yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. but not everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not all. Right. Yeah, there's a model. <laughs> well, and, 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 um, you know, in, individuals like this, they, they, what they, what they fall into the category, which is like a dangerous theology. It's a postmodern theology, which is, which is the Bible is evolving. And so, you know, they believe the biblical characters, the Bible itself, the individuals, they were evolving in the era that they were in. And so, you know, they believe like, as we would agree that Apostle Paul is sinful and imperfect and all that, (laughs) they would say, therefore, these statements and these manuscripts and these historical contexts in the Bible are even full of their imperfections. So, So therefore... The, the statements that Paul may make or the statements that may be said in Jude or somewhere else, it's, it's uh, a, as long as we deem that it's not part of an evolved thought, which is if they say something that seems to be controversial or confrontational, they can easily say, well, that part of them wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit because they don't believe the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. They just think it's a, it's a dictated historical account. So, so, so they'll say, oh, that, that statement right there. And it's self-determining, which that's the dangerous part about living a self-determined Christian life Mm -hmm. where, where you're so unique that you're the only one who has figured out Christianity in the, in the way that it's supposed to be done. And, and, you know, I talked to someone once before and they're like, I can't find a local church because I can't find anyone that uh, is, is living out and teaching the Bible or doing church the way I, I see it. And I'm like, okay. So 8 billion people on this planet are doing it wrong and <laughs> right. you've done it right. Right. Maybe you might, That's you crazy. know, 
that that's a person who gets in a car accident every day and just goes, man, I just think everyone out here doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> at some point, you got to go. That's me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, you got to go. Maybe yeah, I don't know how to right, drive. Yeah. Right. Maybe There's not do. that many people yeah. out there causing accidents. You're causing accidents, <laughs> right, you know, like. Right. And so that's the danger is they'll look and they'll go, oh, that moment Paul said that or whatever. It's not evolved. He was still biased. He was still judgmental. He was still racist, whatever they're right. going to call it. And they say, since the Bible evolves, we're 2000 years later. We've gotten smarter than that. We've gotten better than that. So therefore, you know, his limited way of thinking about uh, male and female, you know, that's, 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 God has evolved since then. And yada, yada, they just start adding stuff that they deem fit and they'll call it God's evolution, mm-hmm. you know, of people, which is very dangerous because right, then, then say, you can just keep going and, that's, but that's what they do. Slope. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> and know? then in this cancel culture that we live in, they'll just keep changing it right. to avoid getting canceled. Exactly. Canceled and, well, and that's know. what I was going to say is like so many women obviously can be out of context or, or not say the right thing and they're instantly canceled, but let somebody else in top leadership say something crazy and they're like, Oh, that's just them being them. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's not. Right. They've said multiple times, inappropriate or out of context right. to the word yeah. but yet you just like oh okay I, I think i see what he's doing there no 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 there is no saying right yeah a little, we, we're gonna do everything close to sin in here excuse me right if y'all know who i'm talking about right. we don't do that right we stay biblical we stay to the word so what she's talking about no idea right no well, idea. And, and, and she's just, and she's going to go down the slope of, like you said, she's going to have starting, it's going to start changing over the times just so she can fit their culture. Right. She's fitting them. She's not yeah. standing out. So, and that's the thing that's hard is like, even with us in ministry and uh, as women, we still succumb to a, a leadership and an authority. Right. And there's a submission that still takes place. Yeah. So for when some people say like, oh, well, women in leadership yeah, there are certain places that don't have that that leadership, but there's a lot of submissive women in leadership that say, I ha- I go to authority. I have a pastor that I, yeah. I, I come under. I know and know our culture. I know our teachings. I know the word. And I would not be, be shepherded by the pastor in the church if I thought he was leading me down the wrong path or if he was turning and flipping the words within the Bible. I mean, Adam says it multiple times when we do the, where two more are gathered. He's like, there you are the midst. He's like, that's not what it technically means, but Mm -hmm. y'all keep praying it. But okay, that's what, (laughs) that's how you want to believe it. You can believe it that way. But what it really says and is stating because he's done his homework Mm -hmm. and then he'll teach and there's a teaching moment. Now you can take what you want and that's what it is. So I think a lot of people are taking what they want, the meat of what they think is good. That's Mm going to reach not the right people right. and that's where you come into the she- uh what, what is the wolves and sheep clothing mm-hmm. and that's where you come not only in women as leadership but as men in leadership where you have to be careful with who you're under in your teaching right. who are you listening to what are you allowing in your spirit to alter the way you think god's word like you said is not a feel-good word no it is not if you want to feel good word, you can listen to Joel Osteen right. all day. Just, he will give you the right. good, good of all the word. Real good. Real good. But, which is great. <laughs> right. Which but, is great. And that's some people need that. But there's more, more than, than more that. Than feel good. Like, yes. Well, my my thing with her teach like that that philosophy of teaching that method <clears throat> is like you can still use the words that are yikes in the Bible as a lesson or give context to right. when They're you're teaching learning. it instead of right. not not it's in the word of God. So why skip over it? 
Like, what's yeah. the reason right. for skipping over and not just giving more context and teaching it? <laughs> right. That's like that's like you have your kids and you tell your kids what you did was yikes, but we're gonna ignore we're, it. Right. Matthias, that middle finger's yikes, but we're not gonna talk about what it is, how you do it, why it, it gets you in trouble. We're just gonna say, oh, let's just slap a bandaid and keep on pushing. I it's mean, like no, but even you biblically, have to teach. it does talk about in the Word of God where it says that at some point it's going to be where people start mm-hmm. to see the things that are good mm-hmm. and call them bad, bad. and then the things mm-hmm. that are bad and start to call them good. I feel like some of that kind of like mm-hmm. relates to this mm-hmm. because of the fact that we're now getting to that slippery slope. And again, not because of she's a woman. I think in general oh, people, there's men. There's yeah. men My who argument do too it. is that, always like there's, yeah, there's, there's men, men who do it. Right. And it's like, and it's one of those things yep. where it's like, no, the word of God is exactly as it is. Like yep. there's mm-hmm. nothing that needs to be added to complete the Bible. Mm-hmm. The or Bible the is what it is. It, it was, you know, every portion of that was within the Holy Spirit creating that, that it is him. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that I I really see that the issue more so comes from not understanding the word of God in its full context, but how we make it relevant, but without taking away from trying to make it for us to feel good or for us to fit Mm -hmm. into, to this, this culture or fit into what we believe makes us feel okay. The reality is, is that we have to see it in the word of God in the context, even it's going to come to a point where people become lovers of themselves. Mm-hmm. We have to be conscious of, you know, not being fooled by what is it, Jonathan Jambres. It mm-hmm. talks about that mm-hmm. in Timothy, where it <laughs> says that where we have to be very conscious of people and what they're going to preach because of the fact that they're going to mislead us. Right. And if we don't know the word of God for ourselves, ourselves <laughs> you know, I feel like the responsibility comes from you being able to look at that and something in your spirit, if right. you are hearing from the word of God <laughs> and you're hearing from God and you're connected with the Holy Spirit, you should be like, I think right. I need to leave this church because it's leading me down a place. Yeah. It's leading me to a place that I can I can lose my life, lose whatever or, you know, you're you're you can't be ignorant enough to ignorant enough to sit in a in a congregation and hear that and not feel like something's off about this and me not take responsibility of picking up the word of God and finding like I need to be asking more questions as to why this is this is this is not good for me to hear or right. I shouldn't be a part of this congregation. Mm-hmm. I like the guy's reaction in the video cuz he was like, "What? This is foolishness." Yeah. Yeah. That's what we yeah. are anybody in that yeah. situation should be like, "What do you mean, yikes? What do you mean? Right. What do, yeah. how are you skip what do you mean we're going to skip over this today?" But the reality <laughs> is what like 85-90% of people don't read the Bible. True. So like they'll hear someone or any whether it's female or male. I still am going back to I don't understand. I'm trying to understand why the concept is that if there's women in leadership in, in women leadership in ministry that we're going to be like what what is the theory or the reasoning for people believing that women in leadership in ministry will stray people like off I think the, the path. main thing well number one they just quote the you know two verses that exist about Paul saying I don't allow women to exercise authority and leadership in the church and preach in the church but you know, obviously, many of us in the Christian world believe that he's speaking to a cultural issue, uh, specifically in Ephesus, which housed um, the seventh wonder of the world, the Temple to Dionysus, where only women could exercise authority mm-hmm. in that temple. And so they were taking that religious order and putting it into the church. So Paul was reestablishing 
the male leadership because over there uh, you you had to have sex with uh, prostitutes in the temple of Dionysus and if you wanted uh, access within the the land region or anything religiously the only the women that are in that temple were allowed to uh, give you an okay or give you the allowance and the blessing and stuff and so they were bringing that bleeding that into the into the church. Ephesian church and so Paul's basically reestat hey no this is not God's order you know there is male headship that has to you guys have completely removed men from the equation and so he's reestablishing but others just read that verse where there's many other verses that they take as cultural you know they take as cultural where Paul says I don't put allow women to have outer adornments and so I see I see people, you know, I see women and wives and people letting their wives wear jewelry and wear makeup. And, you know, he says, don't buy nice clothes or gold or whatever. And they go, oh, well, that was cultural. He's saying blah, 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 blah. But, you know, he also says uh, all men when they pray have to lift up their hands with holy hands. They go, oh, well, that, that was a cultural statement. That's what they did out of this. And I'm like, oh, so you don't. Where, you know, you don't lift your hands when you pray. You you can pray with your hands in your pocket. Yeah, because that was cultural. And he also says women have to have their head cover when they pray. And as far as I know, the most evangelical pastors who even uh, believe that women can't preach in their church, they let their wives come to church without a head covering. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, some Catholic traditions, women cover their heads still when they mm-hmm. come into church. So some take it serious. But those are the minorities, mm-hmm. you know. So they're choosing, uh, really at the end of the day, they're, and I was one of those guys, you know, for six years, I did, I, I believed women couldn't preach or teach or be pastors. I, I was at a Hillsong conference once and Joyce Meyer was preaching and I got up and left because I was like, I, you know, it, she's not allowed to do this right now. So, you know, where, as Paul says, I was the chief Pharisee. Like I was that guy who was the t- chief, like women cannot have any leadership role in the church. And then, and then, um, I really, I, when I came out of that bubble, I started rereading the Bible and I was like, actually, I use this cultural argument for more things than I realize. And mm-hmm. so hold on, let me, let me read this. And I'm still at the place, like Ashley just said, I still believe that male uh, leadership and authority has to be in the church, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah. I believe w- women can shepherd and pastor and teach as long as that church has a, a male leadership mm-hmm. team or cohort or senior mm-hmm. pastor, whatever mm-hmm. that is, yes. right? So I still hold to that all, all day, but uh, the areas of uh, woman come in, you named many, right? You have Deborah and many others mm-hmm. who are even new, in the in the New Testament where they're leading in their homes mm-hmm. and holding Bible mm-hmm. studies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But their main argument for what you're actually talking about, the slippery slope outside of those couple verses, is they're saying, well, just look at, church history and the recent denominations that have a, when they allowed women to start to be ordained. Now today, the Episcopalians, the Methodists, they've all succumbed to liberal theology. So therefore, they're not naming all the other 10 denominations who allow women to be pastors who are completely still biblically conservative. They're just naming the two or three big dogs who are now having you know, they have the American flag and then they have the LGBTQ flag in front of their church, you know, waving yeah. like mm-hmm. they're pointing at those churches mm-hmm. and they're saying, see, that's that's a but I'm like, but those churches also have men in there. Right. Too. Right. You know, like right. Yeah, yeah. there's right. so right. many added elements, but that's mainly what they're doing. The main two or three historic denominations who have accepted, you know, women to and it, it was didn't start out that way. So then they voted for <laughs> and then they allowed women to be ordained. Then now in the recent 10, 15 years now they are, you know, everyone shares their uh, pronouns as pastors before they <laughs> preach in these denominations, and they're they now ordain 
trans people and the people who are in LGBTQ community. So they're like, see, it all started the moment they started ordaining those women. It's like, wow. actually, the moment they, it all started when they actually adopted liberal theology yeah. as the yeah. reason why right. they right. ordained That's women. Right. That, that right. is the that difference, is the you know, because you four square and others, they, they, they have consistently still held true to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the standards of, of biblical conservative Christianity, which we would say is taking the word for what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and there, there is no, right now there is even, there is no conversations. That was the big Southern Baptist denomin- uh, Southern Baptist debate where oh, my, yeah. mm-hmm. my friend Andy Wood at Saddleback, he brought his wife, he took over for Rick Warren and he brought his wife on to be a teaching pastor, mm-hmm. which Rick Warren and Lake, uh, uh, Rick Warren and Saddleback was the largest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's the largest uh, church in the Southern Baptist Convention, and um, when my friend Andy took over, that that they uh, when he brought his wife and the elders allowed her to be a teaching pastor, which had never happened at Saddleback, um, they kicked him out of the SBC. But Rick Warren tried to go fight it wow. against Al Moeller, who who is a, uh, the president of the Southern Baptist Seminary, and so they went at it. But then they ended up losing and they got kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. And their whole premise of the argument was, if we let this happen, who knows in another decade where the Southern Baptist Convention is be. Next thing you know, we'll be ordaining people who are in the LGBTQ community. So they're just, I mean, they (laughs) completely take it. Well, yeah, because you call it fear mongering, you call it whatever you want. Isn't that the lack of uh, confidence uh, and leadership that you have in yourself if you think that you're going to allow something to go out of uh, on left field? Like you have control over what's going to happen. So you you can. Well, they don't. They uh, the the it's a vote. The communal does so they don't have faith in the in the communal development mm. but you know what i mean like, shows they don't have faith, faith in the it, people that are right in the process right, right. <laughs> well plain and simple what they're saying is i don't agree with it i don't think it's biblical therefore let me formulate every argument i can to try to help substantiate me just saying you know it's like when your kid, children keep saying why 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 and mm-hmm. eventually you're trying to eventually you're like i gotta come up with a legitimate reason right, you know it's like yeah. that's what they're trying to do and and that's but yet they're you know, turning their their yeah. eyes or their their heads to like all the other stuff that's coming out out of the Southern Baptist Church, oh, right? Yeah. Exactly, right? All that's day. trying to <laughs> yeah. to avoid trying the to distraction, cover up, yeah. cover up the sexual immorality exactly. that's happening. Exactly. Yeah, because I was going to yeah. say there's much more going on yeah. in that in that area in terms of Southern Baptists as it relates just to women, right? But yeah, just like women, says, women are, are your the issue. toxic trait to right. everything, right. leading everything to damnation. They right. like, oh my like, gosh! If a woman wouldn't have been in church, church then we wouldn't have been tempted. Right, 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> women. Or women weren't in church. Nobody would give. But women do all the right. financial giving. giving right, and, right, uh, right. All the women do the most Bible. of the serving. The serving. <laughs> yeah. It's like the church we, wouldn't we go anywhere. We can hypnotize yeah. them. We hi- we're, right. we're hypnotizing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the Jezebels and Delilahs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? That's, yeah. That's, I just don't understand that concept of not having women in leadership when you see throughout the Bible so many yeah. stories that God has placed women in a leadership position or having an authority in that sense to saying, like, I have discernment and I, I have wisdom. Right. I was re- just reading about Abigail the other day and I was like, man, she was a thug. She mm-hmm. sold out her own husband sure and, and defended him at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where you're just like, that's not somebody you'd want in your team. The one that has discernment, that has wisdom, that can share. That's what a wife right. does. Right. Mm-hmm. So why would she be any different in a, in a ministry standpoint to take over? Like, 
I don't think women women desire their their family leadership in the sense too. They they submit to their husband, mm-hmm. but they love order within their family. Mm-hmm. I think that would still bleed over to the sense as far as when it comes to the ministry church. Yeah. Yeah. and church. Like you said, like having a, the male leadership overseeing. Like right. I think that helps teach women about submission still. Right. Like yes. In absolutely. the home and outside of absolutely. the home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think yeah, the the yeah, I don't know what pastors are thinking this. I think those men are are you intimidated? Right. Like are you scared? Like and then it, I mean it's also biblical too of the, the things have to happen in order for Jesus to return. Right. So like you right. were stating, things are going to happen. So at the end of the day, as long as it ain't you, why are you worried about everybody else? Right. Yeah. I mean, keep I did... stay to your word, stay to what you're doing in your church. Stay right with God, have your convictions in life. Mm-hmm. It's that that statement. Worry about yourself. But I mean, I do have that question, though, that I mean, I think you bring up a good point is to really understand what is their reservation for allowing women to not be like in a in a leadership position. I do get again, I am under the same mm-hmm. uh, obviously attending the same church, but my own thought process and saying that I do believe in the headship mm-hmm. of, a, of a male being in leadership and then making sure that that order does fall. But I do have the question of what is that? What What is intimidating about it? Mm. What what prevents a, a male leader to say like a woman pastor cannot be in the pulpit? I've seen where other women have like, like preached, you know, a phenom- I think one of the things that most recently have came up for sure is even a um, what Sarah Jakes like when mm-hmm. she when when Sarah Jakes has now kind of been the person who's going to take the helm of mm-hmm. of TD Jakes um, in this particular case, they went in on her mm-hmm. like how dare she be in leadership? What do you mean that mm-hmm, she's going to mm-hmm, be the mm-hmm. the next person? Why isn't it her husband? And I know that that became something that was pretty controversial um, as of late as that mm-hmm. as well. But it's just like I'm not understanding of really yeah. what is the argument of why somebody would feel that way. Again, the yeah. argument of saying that they're going to take o- over in this liberal concept that's that's yeah, foolishness yeah. Yeah. because that in of itself is to me on its own issue. But I do want to know yeah. like. Like what is a person? I mean, there may that? speaking for someone who used to come from that camp, and yeah, I know tell us like about everyone. Your right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Tell us Wait, before that. you go, can I add a verse real quick that yeah, I yeah, that yeah. somebody brought up? Yeah. So the verse is First Corinthians fourteen. 13 uh-huh. through 35, where it says women should be silent during church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. So I was yeah. talking to somebody and they brought yeah. this up. So I know you're going to give your input. Yeah, number one, that, that has not they use that in preaching like that. Has, that has nothing to do with preaching. But but essentially what it was in the in the early church was because um, you got to remember when Paul's saying that stuff, he, he's always saying it in a Gentile church, mm-hmm. in a Gentile context. So that. That's the first thing you have to realize. You, he, he's never saying that to a to a Jewish audience. He's never giving those commands, and so um, uh, in the in the Gentile context, a lot of them had different pagan traditions, and mm-hmm. what was happening was in a lot of the pagan traditions, specifically the Temple of Dionysus or Artemis, was women were in charge, women mm-hmm. were in power, and so. 
they would take those things in the church. And so you would have just even in our context, if, if, if someone was preaching or giving a word or someone had a, had a, had a word of knowledge and they stood up and a woman was like, no, 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 no. This is what God wants. This is what, which we know through history. That's usually women who do that in churches, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've even grown up in church and the ones who normally scream, cry, jump up and down the most mm-hmm. are, are usually women. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. They're the yeah. ones who express themselves the most <laughs> in that way. Mm-hmm. And so, that's essentially what was happening in Corinth is, is, is women were jumping up and they were interjecting the teaching. They were uh, throwing in their own words of prophecy and other things like that. And so it was becoming a a distraction to the church service. Mm -hmm. And so what Paul is doing is saying, Hey, for your case, Corinth, because you guys don't know how you don't know yet how to have a church service. Women need to be silent in church. Like, cause you guys don't know you don't know how to handle yourselves right now because you're coming out of your pagan traditions. So so right now, what you all need to do is whoever's on the platform, like that's who's on the platform. Mm-hmm. Everybody stay silent. But for all intents and purposes, when it comes to speaking, because he gives other decrees in, in, the, in Corinthians towards men as well. But this is just the one he made for women because that was a very natural abuse that happened. And if you just study the pagan religions that existed in those areas, specifically the Gentile areas, Corinth, Ephesus, a lot of it, a lot of it had emphasis on women and, and their sexuality. And so there was a lot of abuse that happened in Gentiles, and then they brought that into the church. Mm. So Paul's basically putting a regulation in store for the Gentile church who doesn't know how to handle uh, themselves in that area. Someone else may say, oh, just look at it. Like, so you, you see there, like it says it, do it. You know, and that's what they're doing. But they don't do that for a lot of other verses. Mm-hmm. Mm. A lot of other verses, they don't do that. So it's like, why isn't your wife's head covered right now? Well, because that was cultural. That was, you know, why, why does your wife have gold earrings on right now? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's New Testament stuff. That's right. not yeah. Old Testament stuff. Right. That's New Testament stuff, he said. Right. So so how come? Well, I've only met one guy before who corrected me, you know, came up to me. He had an issue with me on some stuff. And I said, I said, uh, so your wife wears her head covered in church? And he goes, uh, y- yeah, she does. I make her wear her head covered. So your wife doesn't wear any jewelry? He goes, yeah, actually, I don't let her wear any jewelry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he reads every verse literal. Mm-hmm. And I, and then later, finally I go, how does your wife feel about it? He goes, well, she doesn't like it, but, uh, you know, she has to obey me. I'm her husband. And I go, brother, mm-hmm. <laughs> your marriage sucks. You know, like, right. I hate to be right. that guy, right. but where his side your wife, you know, like, <laughs> right. did he have a long right. well, that's Old Testament. The, that's oh, Old that's, Testament. Uh, he's quote, mm-hmm. we're, we're, you know, he's quote New Testament. Well, when he oh, said, so, I make her wear yeah. her, like, uh, right. Oh yeah. That's what he literally said. He's like, <laughs> I, I make her do it. She's not, he's like, she's not happy about it. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, man. Cause he decided overnight. You know, I'm going to start reading these things literal. And so ra- rather than getting on same page with his wife and leading his wife, he's just like, hey, this is what you're going to do. And she's like, OK, like, you know, I'll just. But to answer your question, the the rationale is the same rationale we use mm-hmm. for LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So if someone pivots you and just goes, why can't why can't two men marry? Why can't two women marry? At the end of the day, you're going to say. Because that's not God's model, mm-hmm. and that's not what, that's not what God's plan is mm-hmm. for relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to say. You're going to say God has a model of marriage. Mm-hmm. Correct. I can't give you an answer on why. I can give you an opinion. Right. You know, I can give right. you data on divorce and the LGBTQ. But at the Correct. end of the day, that's just that's just exterior data points. At the end of the day, you put me in a corner and you say, "Why can't I do blank?" My answer would be. Because that's not God's model. Mm-hmm. God has a model. Mm-hmm. So if you were to ask, why can't a woman preach? They would say, look at these verses. It's just not God's model. Listen, mm-hmm. 
I wish they could. They're great. They're much better women preachers than a lot of men out in the world. There mm. are much better leaders, women leaders than a lot of men in the world. But that's not God's model. Mm. That's it. And, and yeah. then it stopped. But you yeah. and I, we do it. We do that for the LGBT community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the rationale is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it just comes down to them, them approaching and realizing and saying, well, maybe I'm applying this differently or maybe I'm reading it in the wrong context because I do do that for a lot of other things, mm-hmm. right? But they won't do that because they're, they're okay just saying that that's God's model. And they operate much more in a black and white when it comes to the Bible than um, fully embracing some things that are cultural. And they say, well, if you're going to start treating that cultural, then someone's going to say marriage between a man and a woman is cultural. It's like, well, no, that's, right. that is very different. Right. But to them, they'll be like, no, 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 see, I got you. You know, and you're like... <laughs> No, it's different, but mm-hmm. you know, like, so, you know, that's where they take it. So to them, they just feel like they're being led by their convictions. Got mm-hmm. it. They're not saying, oh, I'm not scared of, I'm scared of a woman taking over my church. And because actually most data shows women who try to senior pastor on their own can't senior they, pastor. Right. So no man's afraid that a woman would like take a church from him or anything right. like that. They, that's, there's no data behind that. That's even really possible mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of like a leadership structure. So they're not scared that they wouldn't be the leaders anymore the pat they're really they think man i'm just being led by conviction god says it you know two or three times mm-hmm. black and white look at it it's there they got to remain silent in the church they can't preach they can't exercise authority so man that's not god's model then and i respect you know that, and so but i don't agree with it oh right <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's just so but it's so important like even just how you broke down that scripture, it's so important for you to understand the historical content of what was happening during that time and how that scripture is written or applies, mm-hmm. right? Because then it would be like, okay, well, if you just read it at face value, okay, well, then now I'm going to be silent in the church. I'm not going to say anything or, you know, and that's just because that's what I'm reading just as the word of God, which is which is correct. But again, that historical content is so important because of the fact that now I can understand how it applies to me as of today. It would apply to me that, no, I, I can speak in the church. I do have the ability because, again, there's so many women, as we all have kind of come to that conclusion of, that there are so many women that are very pivotal in just allowing the word of God to even be what it is in the sense of like, we have the Deborah, we have, you know, Abigail, we have Ruth, we have Naomi, we have so many different women who have been mentioned in the Bible that are credible and allowing, you know, things to occur. The, the women who, you know, first was the first evangelist, of course, the woman at the well being able to go like the word is come to life and goes forth because through those stories, through those historical content of what actually took place. So I'm only saying that to say is, that that's why it's so important to have that historical content of what was taking place during that time as to why that scripture is relevant and how it applies to us today. But I just think that it's just, again, if we just read it at its face value, then it, we can come up with that's just not God's model. And that's mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let it and that's it. But at the end of the day, there is still so much more. Um, as, as that we have to consider. Again, I do believe that, that it's, it is a slippery slope on a lot of different ends, but it's not a slippery slope because you're putting a woman in position or you're allowing a woman to, to preach or teach or, yeah. you know, different things yeah. of that nature. Well, and even in most of those denominations and sects, they, they all disagree on something, right? Mm-hmm. So, you have, so you have John MacArthur is probably one of the most famous, you know, um, 
biblically conservative preachers that views the Bible black and white, right? Mm -hmm. And that's who I went to school with, and that's who I studied under. And so at John MacArthur's church, he has children's ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry, and and those ministries have their own, right, Gabe? They have their own separate buildings, and Gabriel went there too, and and so they have their own separate buildings and all this stuff like that. And then there's another pastor named Vody Bakum, who's very famous, and he's gone very viral over the recent years because he's uh, black and he's um, kind of anti-woke and BLM and all that. So he goes viral all the time. And so uh, Vody Bakum believes that you're in error as a pastor if you have family ministries, because the Bible never nuances to separate the children and the youth and anyone. Like, they all need to worship under the same building. Mm. So his church, there's no youth in their notes kids programs. And he, over the years, has been very open to say, if you're a pastor and you're separating these kids, you don't be surprised if, you're, if your church goes, if your children go wayward or whatever, because you were never in the same teaching together, administering and hearing the same things and talking about the same things. And so he believes as a pastor, you are a poor leader if you have family ministries. Wow. Well, guess what? Him and John MacArthur do conferences together all the time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so they choose yeah. to ignore those sides right. of yeah. each other's conviction right. for the greater good of them trying to, because what they've alleged off of is, is their Calvinistic theology and mm -hmm. also the other charismatic theologies, which are like us, which are infilling mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. gifts today and women in leadership. So we've become the, the, not we in general, but like mm -hmm. our theology yeah. has become the, our doctrines have become the enemy and they've, carried an alliance together to say, hey, let's not fight anymore about how our church model goes because there are bigger giants in the church. But it's mm -hmm. like, it, but there was a good five years where Vody Bauckham and John MacArthur wouldn't even talk to each other because mm -hmm. MacArthur was offended that Bauckham would say that stuff about a church like his, who mm -hmm. he's preached at, right? So even within these own sects, right? So what I try to do when someone talks to me about that type of stuff, like women pastors, whatever. I'm like, well, let's some of who are some of your heroes, and who do you listen to? And a lot of times, they say, oh, John MacArthur, John Piper, Vody Bauckham, mm. Francis Chamba. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Here, here's what they don't agree with too. So, like, what model of church do you agree with? Right. Yeah. Well, do you believe kids right. can go to kids' church? Right. Well, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> well, Vody Bauckham does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, right. so Vody Bauckham believes you are a terrible parent mm -hmm. if you let your kids go to children's church. Mm. So. Mm. Where's like where are you settling in your conviction? 100%. You're settling your yeah. conviction right. to what feels good. Right. At the end of the day, you're actually not far off from this girl yeah, because yeah. you're going with what feels right. Right. And like, oh well, right. it just we're rather I I would you know I would just say maybe maybe Vody Bauckham's right, but I'm not man. I'm not crying over spilt milk. Like yeah. right. I, right. I, yeah. I believe you know I MacArthur's like. Us and MacArthur's church is more similar than Vody Bauckham and MacArthur's church in mm -hmm. terms of going on a Sunday, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You'd feel more out of place going to Bauckham's church at, from our church mm -hmm. than you would if you went from our church to MacArthur's church, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's so many elements that, you know, and you go to other theories, like some churches believe that electric instruments are worldly because right. uh, Satan has supplied these electric instruments because they lead towards satanic rituals and practices. Mm -hmm. So. You, you have many churches today that say we only use acoustic instruments because that's what you can make with your hands, right? And so it can't be artificial. So it's like when I'm talking to people, you know, I, I met one person one time who's mad with the way we did things. And I'm like, you know, and I've said it before on this podcast. And then she was like, I found a church and I loved it and they did everything. But one day they told me I have to remove my lipstick because it's not 
you know, they don't believe in outer adornments. So she's like, so I left, you know, like I'm, I, I'm not going to go somewhere that tells me that I can't wear makeup. And I'm like, I'm like, dang, you just like, so, so we just going to be chasing things we do and don't like and do and don't like rather than, you know, rooting yourself in a church and there may be minute things you don't agree with, but it don't mean that it's a heaven and hell issue. Right. 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 You know, like it, 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 well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I said. I'm like, why are you so consumed with what everyone else is doing? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not going to agree with everybody. You're not yeah. going to agree with you're not going to agree with your wife on right. everything. So at the end of the day, as long as your convictions are aligned in alignment mm-hmm. with what you have discussed with right. God and what you have prayed about in your quiet time right. and what you have taken to your board and your leadership, I don't understand what you're consumed about with what everybody else is doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me it stems back like just even like growing up in a predominant like male uh, <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah, like just that male <laughs> chauvinistic machismo, oh, your machismo. Ma- machismo, like world. And it was like, no, you're a girl, you're a woman, you do this, you don't do that. And so for me, like growing up, especially like once I got pregnant and I was told like you're not gonna amount to do n- nothing. Mm. Like you just should stay home, cook, barefoot, clean, and pregnant. Yeah, yeah, take right. care of your man. And yeah. so like for me, like when I hear like women shouldn't be in lead. like no i think we have input i think we have so much to offer to the church in general mm-hmm. under the right leadership right. and under the word of god all of it not right. not leaving anything out so i get a little like uh, i don't like when you say women are going to lead people down a slippery slope no i don't think it's women i think a man yeah. can do the same thing right. I, I, well they have let, <laughs> let, me, let, let, <laughs> let me open up a new can of worms oh, out. Okay. love your thoughts on it. my experience over the years is that I far, I far, and this is just on the outside talking in, okay? Okay. Okay. So I'm okay. just on the outside. And Am I, I don't want to be head? canceled. Right. Or anything. Right. Like, right. Sanaj walked in too, so I love her thoughts. <laughs> but um, I have experienced over the years when it comes to women uh, t- starting to lead and, and under, let's just say we have male headship at our church and uh, very much between myself and over the years, uh, my dad and some of our other male pastors, we have wanted to embrace, we believe in women leadership. So we have wanted to embrace that. So over the years, as we put women in leadership, or maybe it's not just pastoral, maybe it's also <laughs> directing, like leading a program or this or that. Uh, most of the time, it's far more women against the women stepping into leadership mm. than it is men step seeing women step mm. into leadership. So like over the years I have seen more women who want to throw another woman under the bus mm. leading mm. than men trying to now I have had men over the years find difficulty seeing a woman lead or being under and they buck and blah 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 blah. But generally what happens is if another man comes in as like, hey, this is the way it's gonna be like chill out they normally will chill out Mm -hmm. but over my years i've seen a lot more women that like when a woman becomes a leader they actually are more the one who wants to try to kind of um dispel their leadership or make their leadership not thrive you Mm -hmm. know in that way that that's what i've seen mostly to me just inside and outside church commonly what happens like have you guys have you noticed any of that or perceived any of that? May I clarify? So you're saying that women, you've seen other women tear down other women leaders. When they not, start to step into leadership. When they start to step correct. into leadership. But correct. not that. Not, like they were fine when they were peers. Okay. 
Got it. But then when, as the woman starts getting put in a leadership position, other women start, like, they just start trying to make that leader look bad now or talk about them or, hey, I want, all of a sudden they have stuff they want to share about that woman leader or whatever that, like, came out of nowhere. You know, we're like, a a lot of men don't do that when another man gets into leadership. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I think, I would say, I don't, I don't, I can genuinely say that it doesn't apply to this church. And I know that you're just saying a general statement because one thing that I've seen, and this is just me saying as far as like my experience in the church world, Mm -hmm. I can say that this is the first church that I've ever been in part of. And I've been in church my whole life and I've always looked for supportive women, leadership, supportive women, like um, women's uh, ministries. And I feel like this is the most healthiest church of women leaders, um, women's ministry that I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And I can say that wholeheartedly with full conviction because we are genuinely celebrating like we we celebrate our wins like yeah. we're I'm I'm running like just as hard in terms of like oh my gosh Pastor Ashley Pastor Snod you know Erica da, da, da. like we're so excited to see any one of our women's like lead and win now I will also say that I think that that more so comes from, and I can't agree with you in that, actually. I have seen other women ministries tear each other down. I've seen women that have been very competitive, or it would be like that jealousy factor mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that I believe it does come into play. Um and I've seen that play out many times. I've seen women in mini- women ministries don't really thrive because they're very cliquish. They're very yeah. like they they get intimidated by the other women that come into leadership. And then they like you said, all of a sudden they have something to say where it's like, well, you didn't say anything the whole time. I think that's more of a character thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if we also go back even like, let's say, biblically, there's a lot of that that happens in the Bible of women that kind of constantly like tear each other down or that they have a jealousy factor. If you look at, you know, I, I, I one that comes to mind is is Hannah. I think of Hannah and I think his, the other wife of um his was Pinnell or, or something. I I know I'm, I'm saying it wrong, but they were two wives and that they, they didn't get along and she would tear her down. If you think about a lot of different other women in the Bible, that there are some that they have maybe been pit against each other, maybe unintentionally and intentionally, but that tends to happen in the Bible. I'm just saying that to mm-hmm. say that I do think that it is a struggle because more if it's a character struggle of a lot of women compare themselves. A lot of women have the tendency to to compete. A lot of women have the tendency to just, again, just have this un, <clears throat> unhealthy aspect or, or view of themselves. And mm-hmm. so the way that they do that is that they project it onto other women. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is a true statement for in, in most cases, but it's more so because they're they're having to battle the flesh of jealousy, mm-hmm. having to yeah. battle within their flesh of the character flaw of something that they're seeing in the comparison within themselves. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I think what ALFC, the women of ALFC that I've noticed personally is that, and we were talking about this the other day, mm-hmm. uh, we have done an excellent job with authenticity mm-hmm. um, as women, like showing our raw showing our real selves where I've seen otherwise in other areas like outside of ALFC like 
you pretend you're one way, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in front of people, but then, you know, at home or behind <coughs> closed doors, they're completely different people. So here within ALFC, I've noticed that the women have appreciated the authenticity. Yeah. And so a, a lot of that, like, it puts their guards down, yes. Yes. you know, yeah. so we're like, I don't have to compete with this one. Oh, she's, she's gone through that? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, I have too. Instead of like, oh, she thinks... Or she's highly better, you know, than we mm-hmm. are. And so then that jealousy mm-hmm. and that, that those yeah. emotions rise up within women. Yeah, I, there was a couple of times, obviously, we've gone through friendships. Um, and I would say early on in ministry, I never considered it jealousy. And to this day, I would never know what it was or competitiveness or anything. But like I said, I was always open, always transparent, always wanting to be a one-on-one with our volunteers, being with them, walking through them, um, cheering them on. And I had a group of friends that obviously we are no longer friends anymore. But now just talking about that, just because of the leadership and where we were going, I never treated them any differently. Mm-hmm. But in their mind, it could have been, I may have, it just never was talked about in that way. Um but people do change yeah. when you get into leadership. Mm-hmm. Friendships do change. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about that in order transparent. Like sometimes they're not for that season. They're for one season yeah. and they're not for the next. And yeah. you just have to be ready and willing and have tough skin and mm-hmm. forgiving skin or, or forgiving spirit. And um, when that happened, was it hurtful? Yes. Mm-hmm. When I lost those friendships. But I don't know why. There was yeah. no true definition of like... Adam was going, he went from, we went from fresh start, then it went on Wednesday, which people were mad at us that it went to Wednesday because we found ourselves, they they thought that Sunday night was becoming their own church. Mm -hmm. And we were like, this isn't healthy for the church. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, he's like, I see where this is going. I don't need them glorifying me. I'm still falling under submission under Pastor Diego. So we need to kind of disperse this and take it to a Wednesday. In that moment, we lost a lot of not only friendships, but volunteers, because they had the one-on-one with us that they desired, but then they saw, and, and God knew he was going to be taking Adam somewhere else. But I I would say in leader or in church, I have seen it on the front end of that. Like I have mm-hmm. seen, and I wouldn't, I never considered it jealousy. I never considered it pettiness. I just, it just something happened to where we had a strife and an argument and it just kind of just dispersed and it yeah. went on its way. But like now when you're bringing it up, is it there? Is it present? Probably. Is it, is it important to talk about those things? Absolutely. Is it important to, like you said, reflect in the mm-hmm. character to where you can get into your emotions and you can get into your feelings as a leader to say like, okay, this is where the church is going. This is what we're doing. This, How does this look? How are people viewing me? You can only always get in your head f- with those uh, situations as well. But like you said, we have done a great job here at Abundant, but do I think that the enemy can stir the pot oh absolutely Uh, one thing that i can i've so i have been on the side of 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 when i'm looking at the difference of comparison because i had a group of friends that i was that i was like very much so like oh my gosh these are my friends and i think we were kind of alluding and talking to it the other day where i said man i've i've been hurt by more church women than i have Mm -hmm. been like for unsaved you know, yeah, women 100%. outside. Yeah. And when I say that, 
I think one of the characteristics, if I kind of go in inventory of my friends then versus my friends now, I, I am also with you seasons. I don't think that the seasons that I'm in now, my friends that I had could have went with me now. They would not have supported you. I would also, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I can say, though, is that what I look at the difference of my friends then versus now is that there is a level of authenticity and health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you have a clear like understanding of who you are in Christ um, as a woman. This is, I would say, when you have a clear understanding of who you are in Christ, who God has created you to be, you don't look to the left or to the right of you. Like I am in no competition with anybody else because I am literally in my own race trying to finish it out and perfect it with God. So because of that, I don't have the tendency to look to the left and to the right. But I would say that really what I would define as what would be why that is existing is because they have an unhealthy relationship with themselves Mm -hmm. where they have to look outside to say, like, I got to feel better because if I look at Erica and tear her down, that that is something that I don't want to deal with in the inside of me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason why we thrive so well is because we really do work on a healthy, holistic perspective of us as believers, as women, as mothers, as sisters, all of these things. And so when I have a healthy perspective of myself, then I can be authentic to what I really go through. And then it does tear down the walls of different things that we encounter as women. And you're like, oh, I would have thought Erica had it all together, but I realized we actually have more in common than not. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge component as to that, because a lot of the times we're just looking outside and seeing these women. We are it's easy to tear them down when we don't know their story or you're looking at it again, a comparison, whether you're looking at it from a barometer of yourself. I'm either in a good place or I'm not because I'm doing this according to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of that kind of just diminishes as you become more healthy, as you become in the know of yourself Mm -hmm. but I can't agree I I do think that there has been some women that tear them down because it's sad but again I think it's more so that unhealthy perspective of them oh Mm -hmm. and they have an unhealthy expectation of what a church leader or ministry leader should be or should be acting or how they should be Mm -hmm. in general and those are just their expectations that are not realistic Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's great thanks for your thoughts on that Sinaj did you have anything um, you have a microphone in your I hand. I do. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I just snuck in to see my friends. Snuck but, in. Yeah. Um, you know, everything that you guys were saying about the competition and things like that. But I will say, too, um, when I walked in, you guys were talking about the verse about women having to be silent in church and things like that. And so when I think about because uh, that's that that did happen to me. Uh, uh, women were totally fine with me leading the women's mm-hmm. ministry and being um, who I was in women's ministry. But as soon as I got um, uh, to 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 speak in a main service, all of a sudden, that that was a little bit too much for some women. And that and I get it. But you, I think what happens is you have these women who have been taught their whole life that they have to be silent in the church and that they have to. Um, fit into this box and they have to be prim and proper and all these things. And so then when they see somebody who's sort of breaking that boundary mm-hmm. that I, that, that God may have called them to, to, to be, but maybe they were confined under a church leadership that would not, um, massage their gifts mm-hmm. of being able to speak in any capacity. So what happens is when 
when a, when a woman is doing the things that maybe another woman wishes that she could have done, but was taught that they had to be a certain way, it's it's not necessarily about us who are uh, women leaders. We are we get to do this because we're under a leadership yeah. who looks at us and say, "You have a gift, and how dare we mm -hmm. tell you not to use your gift that God has already given you?" Yeah. So women will tend to become jealous, not because they're jealous of that person, right. but because they're yep. jealous of the fact that they didn't get an opportunity to do something that they felt that maybe God had called them to do because they were supposed to fit into a box. Okay. So I'm grateful for a church that allows us to, you know, be, I have two rules that I live by and I say it every single time that I have to be biblically sound yeah. and authentically myself and everything else can, can, uh, can come and go. But as long as I'm those two things, I believe that God will bless whatever ministry that I'm in. Amen. That's good. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's great. Good two cents, everybody. <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't speak much in this podcast. So I would <laughs> let you guys talk. So <laughs> I'm glad that's what we did. So because uh, the last one, I was like, I was so jazzed when we the last ep the last episode that came out before this one, we were talking about AI and the oh. Apple Vision Pro, and that thing jazzes me so much. I get so excited talking about technology. So I walked away and I was like, I don't think I let anyone else talk in that episode. I was so excited to talk about it. So I was like, when I came in this morning, I was like, I'm gonna have women on the podcast, and they'll for sure talk. <laughs> Because <laughs> sometimes I have the guys on and I'm like, you all going to say anything or whatever? So, <laughs> so I'm like, they'll for sure talk. So I'll funny. be good. I'll, yeah. I'll take the morning off talking. Ladies, thank you so much thank you. Thank for you. coming thank on you. today. And we'll see everybody next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.